welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, a man that when you announce him, you better list his post-nominals. That's right. That's AA, mother trucker. AA, Mikey, Maximus, the Furnicus, Charette. Say what? What's up, Dr. Gordon? How's it mm. going, sir? Mm, mm, mm. Going pretty good. Yeah. You know? I can't complain. It's a sun. <laughs> it's a sun. Well, you know me, Mike. I can complain, but I'm not going to complain. That's a fact. I'm not going to do it, Mike. I'm nope. positive Patty over here. It's a sunny yeah. day. I've got a I've got a calorie-free beverage that I'm enjoying that we discussed before drink. we Yeah, yep. before we came on the air. It's it's a good day, Mike. How you mm-hmm. doing? Hey, I'm I'm great. It's it's beautiful outside. Got yeah. coffee. Yeah. Gonna drink a lot of it. Amen. Amen. Got the show. Mike, Mike I want to celebrate something else. I want to yes. celebrate. It was a big celebration day on Monday. Hmm. Do you know what day it was on Monday? No. No, I don't. Please not be a very important holiday. <laughs> but this would be embarrassing to not know. It's a thing, Mike, that every American needs to know. Every American, Mike. It was Pi Day. Pi Day. Pi Day. And I'm not talking some goofy day where we celebrate silly mathematical constant of circles circumference to its diameter. Blam. No. No, I'm mm. talking about crust. I'm talking about filling. I'm talking about sweet, sugary dreams. Sweet. Pie, yes. Mike. National Pie Day. Yes. Have you had a pie recently, Mike? No, I did not know it was pie day on Monday. I would have though, but I haven't I haven't had a pie recently. Well, Mike, you need no. you need to yeah, have I a do. pie. You need to have a pie. Mike, National Pie Day was started by Charlie uh Papazian. Papazian <laughs> is how we're gonna say his name. Hey, Charlie Papazian, you know. Charlie Papazian <laughs> in the mid nineteen seventies. Charlie liked pie so much, he decided, I'm making my birthday National Pie Day. That's right. And so now, National Pie Day has become a national thing, and it's all thanks to Charlie. And Charlie is still alive. So, Charlie, on your birthday, happy National Pie Day and birthday, Mm. Charlie. We're we're sorry that we missed it earlier in the week, sir. Mm -hmm. But, Mike... I got so excited about National Pie Day. I was like, you know what? It's National Pie Day. That's exciting. Yeah. We got to do something about National Pie Day. So in in, in, in uh, response to National Pie Day, I thought we needed to pick a Doc G Pie of the Year for National Pie Day. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I scoured the country for days. Days, Mike. I don't think I slept for a week, but I have compiled the best pies across this great land. And you, Mike, you are going to choose a pie from that list to be 
the Doc G pie of the year. Wow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. uh, Okay. Yeah. It's a huge, huge decision, Doc G. It's a very big decision. It's a very big decision. Now, I'm going to share my screen with you, Mike. So, Mm. here we go. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So, you're going to see pies, Mike. Here's what (laughs) we're going to do. I see some pies. Here, I'm going to present you uh, with, uh, first, we're going to start with two pies. I'm going to describe these pies. You're going to choose which pie wins, right? Okay. That pie that wins goes on to the next round to go up against <laughs> okay. the next pie. And gotcha. we're going to keep going until we get to the last pie. And whichever one's left, that's the pie of the year. All there right. So don't worry, listeners. I know what you're, you're like, what the F, Ben? I can't see the pies. Nope. I'm going to describe the pies to you, listeners. Mike gets the enjoyment of seeing them, but I'm going to describe these pies and where they come from. So first, Mike, on your left there, on your left, that is the cannoli pie from the cannoli pie company in Bridgeport, Connecticut. A flaky crust made of cannoli shell filled to the brim with cannoli cream. Oh, my gosh. Then... Each pie is topped with a dusting of powdered sugar, pie crust, and a sprinkle of mini chocolate chips. Yowzas, Mike. Cannoli pie right there. That's the first one. Now, that's going up against the deep dish apple pie from Emporium Pies in Dallas, Texas. Hmm. Each pie, Mike, each pie, 10 apples. 10 apples peeled and chopped in-house, poured in with the old house-made caramel, topped with crispy cinnamon streusel, melts in your mouth. Which pie wins, Mike? I got to say, the uh, apple pie photography is beautiful. Well, gold fork looks really nice. Um, But I'm going to go with the cannoli pie, even though it looks a little wonky. That cannoli (laughs) pie looks amazing. And I'm going to go ahead and stick with that choice. Cannoli pie wins. I carry it over. I carry it over. Here we go, Mike. So, cannoli pie goes into the next round. Cannoli pie goes up against the Baltimore bomb pie from Dangerously Delicious Pies. Hmm. This pie features the, I, I I think it's called the Berger cookie. It's B-E-R-G-E-R. I apologize, Baltimore, because apparently this is a very popular cookie in Baltimore. I, I'm, it's either Burger or Berger. I'm guessing Berger. Anywho. Yeah. It's a Baltimore favorite. So what they do, they, they describe it, it's more fudgy frosting than actual cookie. In the oven, the cookies melt down And they swirl it into a creamy vanilla chess base. And then Mm. they put it inside this delectable pie crust for a chocolatey vanilla explosion on this pie crust. What's going on, Mike? Baltimore bomb pie or cannoli pie? Does the cannoli pie win it again? Yeah, I'm going to have to say this cannoli pie is going to go ahead and car- have to carry through. Although this wow. Baltimore pie looks really interesting. It, it just looks like a big cookie, though, it does. in a way. It does. And uh, I respect that. I definitely do. But well, I mean, the you got, cannoli you, is still very unique a as pa- a pie. A, 
apparently, it, I mean, it is just a giant cookie because that's all they did was melt down some giant cookies yeah. and then put it into yeah. the pie crust. So, but then they added some kind of filling though. But that they just did. looks like the vanilla know, like chest filling. Yeah. filling. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. We're going on to the next one. This one's all where right. it gets interesting, Mike. <clears throat> all right. This is where <laughs> it's this, interesting. This is where it gets interesting. This is the cereal killer pie. Wait, what? From the pie hole in Los Angeles, California. Such a Ooh. good name for a store, right? The old pie yeah. hole. Yeah. Uh, the cereal killer pie has a cereal crust. A cereal crust and a filling of cream cheese base packed with mm. fruity pebbles and then topped with fruit loops. My <laughs> goodness, Mike. What are we going with? What are we going with? Ah, uh, man, that's cannoli pie. Is it going to win out? I, hey, it is your choice, Mike. I am fine with it. I know. Gary. It's just tough. I don't know. Like, hey, I love this this Fruit Loop uh, cereal pie, but cereal's for breakfast, guys. Come on. I mean, <laughs> you can eat that pie know. for breakfast. That's a fact. Oh, that can yeah. happen. You definitely could. I'm going to stick with cannoli. Doctor. I love it. I love I know it, it's Mike. it's wild. I know. I'm no, no. Just... I love it. I love it. Okay. We're going on to a classic. <clears throat> Such a classic here. So this is the classic blueberry pie, and again, great pie shop name, from Bread and Roses Bakery out of Maine. Bread and Roses. Only wild Maine blueberries are used, and the pie crust Mm. made with King Arthur flour. You've got Cabot AA butter, which I'm guessing is the best butter you can get. Pete and Jerry's Fresh Eggs. I don't know who Pete and Jerry are, but they seem pretty exclusive, Mike. A dash of sugar, cinnamon, and kosher salt. Classic blueberry. Who's winning? Well, this one's easy because I don't like blueberry pies. Cannoli. (laughs) There we go. Sorry, blueberry lovers. Great photography. Great photography. But, uh, yeah, not a fan of the blueberries. Sorry, blueberry lovers. I think this one may be tough, Mike. This next one may be rough. This this one could do it here. I don't know. Oh, man. This could do it. I don't know. This is the Texas Fudge Pecan Pie. Wow. Coming from Three Brothers Bakery out of Houston, Texas. Homemade pie crust filled to the mound with southern pecans. Mm. The gooey filling swirled with fudgy goodness that is poured over the nuts before the pie is baked until the pecans, I switched in the middle, form (laughs) a crunchy topping. Mike, what is winning? Cannoli, is it going again? Man, this one's tough. Yeah... I love pecan pie, pecan pie, and yeah. I love the the fudge. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I grew up next to a pecan tree, but <laughs> cannoli pie still. I'm sticking with there, cannoli pie. There was a pecan tree. Was that pecan was great. There was a pecan tree in my yard. We had the pecans. Okay, this is an interesting one. This mm. is an interesting one. Cootie Brown's. Word. Cootie Brown's famous strawberry pie, Mike, from Johnson City, Tennessee. Cake-like crust filled with layers of sweet cream cheese and ripe strawberries all baked to, uh, to together to perfection. You'll think it's cheesecake, but it's not. Hmm. All right. Doc G, I'll, uh, I'll let go of the cannoli. Whoa! Whoa! I'll let go of the cannoli. I, I, you- can, I can appreciate a strawberry pie 
Wow. Especially when there's, yeah. Jeez. Wow. All right, it's going on. Yeah. I'm sad to make, I'm sad to see it leave. That was sad. Me too. Okay. It lasted a few uh, rounds, but this strawberry pie looks uh, looks pretty good. They look <laughs> like they they really put a lot of TLC into this, Doc G, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I almost went to the wrong pie. Here we go. Okay. Next pie, the white Texas trash pie huh? from <laughs> Round Top Tea. This pie has everything you want in both candy bar and pie. We're talking about white chocolate chips, pecans, caramel, coconut, graham crackers, and pretzel all in this pie. Mike, which one's winning? Strawberry or the white trash pie? Yeah, I'm going to go with that white trash. Te is it Texas trash or white it's trash? Texas. It's white Texas, Texas trash. trash. Yeah, white, white Texas, Texas trash, trash for sure. That's I think there's a little bit of white trash in there too, but it's okay. <laughs> okay, so last one. We've got the white Texas trash pie and the peanut butter pie from Wix Pies in Indiana. Mm. This peanut butter pie has smooth, creamy texture and a sweet, mm. intensely peanut buttery flavor. Think of a cross between peanut butter fudge and peanut butter cookies. Mike, which one is it? Yeah, I mean, huge fan of peanut butter, but I'm gonna go with the uh, the the Texas white trash. Oh sure. yeah. yeah, white Texas white <clears throat> Texas trash pie, Mike. I've got amazing news. I've got amazing news. The white Texas trash pie is the Doc G pie of the year for National Pie Day. Get excited. That's a beautiful pie. That's Get a beautiful pie. Excited. And Mike, mm. I've got even better news. I've got even better news. You ready for the better news? What do you got? Because you chose the national pie of the of the year, a cannoli pie and the white Texas trash pie are headed your way. What? They're headed your way, Mike. Yes. Doc G, you're the best. Yes. Get excited. Both pies. One from Texas. One from Newport, uh, New, uh, Connecticut, wherever in Connecticut, are headed <laughs> your way, Mike. Get excited. Listeners, you don't, I can't give each one of you a pie. I'm sorry. But Mike gets pies. Mike um, gets pies. Wow, this is incredible. I would just like to say thank you, first of all. Second of all, I would like to say I'm really excited for this cannoli pie. I yeah. only, to be honest with you, that strawberry pie looked amazing. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it was tough, you, but you I'm were so sad happy. to leave. You only left it for variation. I could tell. You yeah. only went with something wanted, else because you were like, I can't carry on this pie. Listeners are getting upset <laughs> at me. You started with the best. You know? Um, so, so they're both coming your way. White trash and cannoli pie. Get excited. Cool. Listeners, get excited for Mike. In the meantime, Mike, while everybody gets their pie, are wow. you ready to fire this show up? Let's fire up this show, Doc G. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. I am so excited. Woo! For the show. So am I. I'm excited, <laughs> man. We have the tremendous, as you know, Mike, you you are a fan. Big gigantic. Yes. Big gigantic. These guys, my goodness, they have collabed with everybody. All kinds of just big names. They've they've done all these shows, these huge festivals. 
They've they've played, you know, they, they do a yearly show at Red Rocks called Rowdy Town. Mm. It's on like its 11th year, Mike. It's insane. Nice. It's insane. They're going to be on the show. I can't wait to talk to Dom and Jeremy. Such nice fellas. Such nice fellas. But first, Mike, we need to start where we start. The birthday suit. So, Mike, if you recall, we're keeping tally this year. We're keeping tally. You're three for six. You're batting 5-0 right here. The big 50%. (laughs) Uh, I think you've got this first one. Pretty sure you got this first one. Born on January 25th, 1981 in New York City, our birthday suit wearer was always interested in music. Started playing the piano at the age of six. She was playing classical piano by the age of seven and practicing six hours a day. Nice. She wrote her first song when she was 12. She started studying jazz at the age of 14. She signed her first record deal at 15, but it wasn't for another five years that her first album, Songs in A Minor, Hmm. eventually would come out in 2001 with the epic number one single, Fallen. I keep on falling in... Mm. In love, of course, with you. I'm not gonna try to sing that one. I would butcher the. <laughs> my um, the album won six Grammys. Her second album was released in 2003, the diary, the diary of blank. Insert her name there. Uh, in 2009, she was the uh, featured on Jay Z's song Empire State of Mine which was also fantastically popular. In 2010, she married rapper and producer Swizz Beats. In 2012, she released her fifth studio album, Girls on Fire. This Girls on Fire. Overall, our birthday suit wearer has released nine studio albums, has sold over 30 million albums. She has won 15 Grammy Awards, nine Billboard Awards. Name that birthday suit wearer. Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys is correct. Mike is four for seven, everybody. Hey, is that her real last name, Keys? Uh, No, no, no. (laughs) Uh, that's that's uh, That's a stage name. That is a stage name. I forget what her real name is. I didn't actually write it down, you know, because we we celebrate the performer. Huh? Not that we yeah, don't we do. love, not that we don't love the real person, but we celebrate the performer. Mm-hmm. Anywho, Mike, she is turning the big four two. Nice four two. You know, a good voice, good person. Oh yeah, totally, totally talented man. Crazy talented. You know. Um. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there we go. I didn't. I was about to say I didn't realize, Mike. I was still bouncing around on pies and whatnot there. What? That was that was just for us listeners. That was not on the radio show. No need to worry. But happy birthday to Alicia Keys. Uh, like I said, turning the big four two. Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines. It's now time for rip from the headlines. All right, all right here. Uh, Mike, first off, interesting story out of Palm Beach Gardens here in Florida. Florida. Yeah, yeah. By the way, Mike, I'm already tired of these cold fronts. That's a fact. I know, it, I know yeah. it's January, but I'm like, can we, what the f- Come on. Yeah. Like, every, every okay. like, five days, all of a sudden, we'll get, like, a temperature of, like, 35 degrees, and I'm like, really? Really? No. Yeah. Lame. Soon, listeners, it's not going to be out of Jacksonville. It's going to be out of Jamaica. 
And I'm going to be like, hey, good news, guys. It's 80 every single day and lovely. So true. Anyways, Mike, interesting story here in Florida. Palm Beach Gardens, the residential area of Mirabella at Mirasol. A uh, woman was working for a private contractor who was hired by the U.S. Postal Service. She was seen throwing five bags of mail into one of the lagoons in the private residential area instead of delivering those items. Word. (laughs) The police report identified a 25-year-old woman working for uh, Cummings Contract Delivery Service of Crescent City. And uh, it was a it was a owner of one of the houses on 100 Sedona Way that spotted her. Police said they uh, when they contacted the woman who dumped the mail, they found out she had no identification or driver's license, and she didn't have a clear explanation of why she threw the mail into the water. So a couple things, Mike. Um, I mean, not to give this private contractor uh, driver ideas, but couldn't you find a better place to throw it away than the lagoon in the neighborhood where it was supposed to be delivered? Like, that's got to be the laziest... (laughs) <laughs> laziest throwaway job ever do you do you have a do you have a paper shredder do you have a big random uh, uh dumpster somewhere on the other side of town like come on what are you doing the worst the worst throwaway job ever you know <laughs> it's all like floating on top of the water yeah <laughs> with all of the names of the people that live right there they're like hey is that my is that my People magazine? That's my pe- <laughs> Second, come on, lady. This, 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 this is. Where is this? This is Palm Beach Gardens. This is Palm Beach Gardens. These are old people in Palm Beach Gardens living beside a lagoon. They're <laughs> old and retired. The only yeah. thing they have to do during the day is look outside and wait for the mail. That's the only two things they're doing, and you blatantly threw away their mail right when they were waiting for it. Like, hey, is that our? They're throwing it. They're throwing it in the lagoon. Call the police. Like, <laughs> just you ruined the one thing they were looking to do. Like, if you would have, if she would have done this in a neighborhood where the median age was thirty, they wouldn't even known they were supposed to get mail. They wouldn't even no. Wouldn't even cared. I, no. Mike, I forget for Not like a, a week and a half sometimes to check my mail. I'm like, all oh, right, the mail. Yeah, it's That's, pretty bad. And then it's like uh, totally full. Yeah, and you they just pull jammed it back. Exactly. <laughs> like, come on, man. And just so they, she could have done so much better. So much better. Seriously. Lastly, uh, uh, when people say, why, you know, rhetorically, why do I pay taxes? This. This yeah. is why you pay taxes, folks. You pay taxes so your mail doesn't end, so your mail actually ends up in your mailbox. And just to mm-hmm. connect the bridges for you, if the federal government could pay higher wages and not subcontract the jobs out to weirdos that apparently throw mail into lagoons, and they were actually going to postal service workers, probably be more reliable. Just saying. For sure. Just an idea. Yeah. Anyways, Mike. Uh, we're going to move on to another story. Um, 
We've established the dumbness of gender reveal parties on this show. Oh, yeah. Multiple times. Um, listeners, let me reestablish that real quick. They're dumb. Yeah. Um, this is a gender reveal party on an extra dumb level, Mike. It's Ooh. not very extravagant. It's just dumb. So, okay. Jen Cohen had a gender reveal party, and it seemed like a subdued affair. She put the video on TikTok. During the video, she captured it. Um, uh, and it, she's just using one of the little confetti can cannons, you know. They hit the confetti right. cannon. And she mm -hmm. um, she captions the video with me forgetting my boyfriend was colorblind. Hmm. And in the video, he pops the little confetti cannon and then looks over at her and says, what, what, what color is it? <laughs> and they have a little realization like, oh, crap, he can't see color. Woo! And then, you know, they move on. So, and, and now it's been viral because everybody loves how he couldn't see color, uh, which I don't know why you cheer a disability, but apparently they did. <laughs> um, and I just got to say, Mike, you're... Like, you're telling me neither of them, neither of them said, hey, we're doing a gender reveal party. Aren't those usually based on color? That's a fact. You know, that could be a problem, seeing as how I am not able to see colors. That might, maybe we should do an auditory, mm. uh, you know, a, a visual, just a visual uh, okay. gender reveal. Like, instead, when you hit the confetti, instead of blue and pink confetti, Maybe it's just yeah. little ovaries or little testicles that shoot out. Hey, of the yeah, that would be interesting. You know? Then he just picks one up, and he's like, oh, it's a boy! Uh, oh. it's like a, and then he's, like, holding some balls. I got my little dangle pack here. <laughs> nice. All right. Speaking of dangle packs, Mike, I got another story. <laughs> Terrifying. Terrifying. Sorry. Hey, Doc G, I'm sorry. What would the auditory uh, boy girl uh, look like or sound like? <laughs> it's a boy. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. Okay. All right. Oh. Anyways. Like a drum, like a drum sound. Yeah. Uh, anyways, a, a, a very feminine sound, whatever that would be. Maybe like a yeah. harp. And yeah, then, like a harp. And then uh, the guy sound would just be a fart. Yeah. Oh, there we go. That's um, a boy. <laughs> Mike. Another very uh, this this is a terrifying story. At least very terrifying for one raccoon in Georgia. Word. So this story has went viral, and I'm fascinated by the story. Also because it actually connects to uh, Joe Dirt the movie. If you've ever seen <laughs> Joe Dirt. Oh yeah. So Neil Mullis, who works for the railroad in Cochrane, Georgia, was going down the railroad one night. Uh, when a cold front had just come through, and it was only 10 degrees, very cold Ugh. for northern Georgia. He found a raccoon on the railroad tracks, but instead of running, the raccoon didn't move because Neil soon realized the raccoon couldn't move because he was frozen to the tracks Ugh. by his testicles. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Can you imagine, Mike? This poor little fella was frozen to his tracks by his dangle bag. Like, oh, gosh. Can you imagine a more terrifying situation? It's freezing outside. 
Your ball bag is frozen to the train tracks. Any minute a train could be headed down straight for you. You're cold. You're alone. You're a sad raccoon, Mike. Uh. So sad. They have a video of this raccoon, Mike. You should see oh, it. Oh, they do? Yeah. Okay. You should see it. He looks so downtrodden and burdened by life when, when Neil finds mm. him. Like, he comes up with his flash on his camera, and the raccoon's just sitting there like, oh, oh man. This is how it ends. Please me. send the video, Doc G. I this, cannot wait to see this. This is just me. This is, I, luckily, Neil and a coworker were able to get a shovel. Just, pretty much just like Joe Dirt. They got a shovel and some warm water and freed the raccoon, Mike. Freed mm. the raccoon. And I, I like to imagine the story that that little raccoon had once he got back to his hollowed-out tree with the other raccoons in his posse. <laughs> Gather around. Guys, you're not going to believe it. You are not going to believe it. I got stuck. You, you, Jeff, you told me. You told me not to hang around those tracks. My dangle bag would get frozen. It did. Jeez. I thought I was going to die. Totally did. Then I thought, or, then I thought a human was going to eat me. But it turns out, save me, guys. So, I mean, what a story. <laughs> what a story for that little fella, you know? Seriously. Mike, I got, uh, let's see. Do I have multiple stories? Yeah, I got a, I got a couple stories. Um, what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear about uh, Flo Rida, the rapper? Do you want to hear about um, uh, uh, Buzz Aldridge uh, or the astronaut? Or do you want to hear about some Santa Claus crap? Hmm. Well, I thought it was going to be, uh, I was going to go flow rider, but I definitely want to hear about uh, Buzz. What's going on with Buzz? He uh, just turned 94, right? 90? 93. Mm -hmm. 93. Mm -hmm. hey, not, not too much news, Mike, but uh, fame astronaut Buzz Aldrin finally decided to take the plunge and get married. Yes! For the fourth time. Yes! Nice. At the age of 93. Yeah. 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 Now, he was, you know, he's basically a cradle robber, Mike. He's getting married to a 63-year-old. Wow. So. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking after I saw this story, Mike, <laughs> does it put more or less pressure on the situation when you're 93? Hmm. Like, is it like, fuck it, I'm already 93? Or is it like, 93, I got to get the right one, man. This is it. I only, only got, uh, I don't know how much time I got left. <laughs> I got to choose the right late. Which one is it? I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think you're not taking it too, ah, I can't say that. And it's, just, it's life, man. If it's you know? right, yeah. Okay. If it's right, it's right. If, if it's, it's right, right, it's right. right. That's what Mike says, man. And Buzz yeah. thinks it was right, you know? Yeah. I will say for any listeners, uh, I'm not going to add too much more to that story, except if you get a chance, check out some of the uh, the uh, pictures from the, the celebration because everything looks semi-normal with his getup, but then he's got, like, the craziest boots on. With this tuxedo. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, I don't know, like shiny army boots with his <laughs> with his suit. And I'm just like, Buzz, where'd those come from? Hmm. What are those? Are those the boots you wore to the moon? What yeah, the, where you should have wore those. <laughs> where, where the that would have been a pro move right there. Where did these come <laughs> from? 
Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest, the fantastic Big G, right here with Why do Reed, I keep questioning right here everything? on the Dot G Show. It's slowing down my life dramatically. Why can't I just stop, smile and breathe? And let the earth flow right through me. Life has a plan if you like it or not. We can control what we haven't lost. Breathe in, let the love flow right through. Breathe out, there's nothing else we can do. When I pray, it's on my face. I just wanna be free. Stop controlling everything. Life's but a dream. Why am I tripping? Don't catch me when I'm Radio, WSKIRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? 
Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever they listen to podcasts. Terrific, zero-cost way to support us. And if they're feeling extra generous, Mm -hmm. please leave a five-star review and a comment. We love comments. You know what? If I see a great comment, this is not this is not just fake boasting here. If I see a great comment show up in the next week, you're getting whatever pie on that list is there. <laughs> I will send a pie out to the next Ooh. amazing comment I see. That is a fact. So true. There we go. But I, I sort of have to know where where you live, which if you don't want to reveal where you live, that's understandable. It's a little mm-hmm. creepy. But if you do. Give me your address, put that comment, and I will send a pie your way. Doc it G will, will send a pie. It will it happen. Will I need I need to thank the listeners. First off, real quick, before we give the, the regular shout-outs, Mike, we also got to give a shout-out to our ladies, the uh, 420 Old Fat Lesbians. Oh, uh, happy the, to have them back. Shout-out. 420 Old Fat Lesbians, for the listeners that don't, need, uh, don't know, uh, they are great friends of the show. They are longtime friends of the show. They came on mm-hmm. the uh, show at the start of 2019 was when they came on the show. And uh, Sue and Lee are just fantastic. And, uh, you know, they like to smoke weed and get naked uh, on their Instagram. <laughs> and apparently uh, Instagram meta was not fans of that. And they banned uh, our friends Girl, come and uh, they were gone for like two months but finally they gave them back their uh, their page it's good mm-hmm. to see them back yeah it is. they've been keeping it low key recently Mike yeah yeah been pretty have. low key they're like you know what here's a throwback pick mm-hmm. here's us in Times Square I'm just waiting for him to be like here we are naked ah! yeah. there you go <laughs> you know which again ladies I'm available if you need me I can, I, I can, I can trot up there to Maine. We can get naked together. But just, uh, just saying. Anyways, Mike, we need to thank the regulars. We do. We need to thank the regulars. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, and Spartansburg, South Carolina, the new regular Mike. The nice. new regular. Welcome, Spartanburg. Second South Carolina location. Love we it. We appreciate you. Got the old South. There. The old South Cackalac. Yes. Love them. Love them. Uh, Mike, semi-regulars. Got a couple interesting semi-regulars. Here we go. Shout out to Shout out. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Tappahannock, Virginia. Columbus, Ohio. Irmo, Virginia. Athens, Georgia, Pinson, Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama, Brentwood, New York, Berlin, Germany, Hawkinson, Delaware, Houston, Texas, Buffalo, New York, Washington, D.C., and Coventry, Rhode Island. There we go. Nice. Nice. Yeah, man. We got to gotta keep it going. Listeners, I'm telling you, something about 2023, all of a sudden, we just... 
the the listen shot up. I was happy to see it. I told Mike over the break, I'm worried. I don't know yeah. if listeners are going to come back. It's are scary. they? It's 2023. Are they done with the Doc G show? Is this over? No. No. The answer was no, Mike. Nope. And I'm mm-hmm. happy that it was no. So true. Mike, we've got some uh, leftover headlines that I need to get to here. Um, so let's go to Flo Rida. Yeah, let's see what he's doing. Let, let's go to Flo Rida. Um, you know the artist Flo Rida, right? Of course. Of course. And, and, yeah, listeners, let's take a second to just appreciate that name, by the way. Like, you gotta appreciate the creativity the rapper had, you know? That's a fact. Like, he's a rapper from Florida having that stage name. Like, he rides the flow of a song because he's a hip-hop artist, yet he's from the state of Florida. Talk about a well-crafted double (laughs) entendre, Mike. I mean, and if you're a listener right now and you're like, I could have come up with that. Well, why didn't you? Are you Flo Rida? No, you're not. He is. Nope. So, you didn't come up with it. He did, and it was well-crafted. Anywho, Mike, Flo Rida has been in court with Celsius. You know Celsius? Mm. The crypto. crypto. No, no, no. Celsius energy drink. Oh. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty popular, Mike. Celsius. They come in the little, they sort of have the same can style as like White Claw. Little skinny can. uh, White uh, as well. Um, But they've had a rough couple of weeks. First, they had to agree to pay $8 million for false advertising. Uh, saying there were no uh, preservatives in their uh, can, when shocker, there were. Um, <laughs> then Florida decided, you know what? I had a contract with Celsius, and they aren't living up to my contract of the endorsements that I agreed to. He uh, told the Associated Pre- uh, Press, basically, I helped birth this company, and all we was looking for was some trustworthy people who acted as if they were family. Yeah. And then, when it comes down to uh, to the success of today, they just forgot about me. Now, essentially, what Flo Rida was suing them for was he wanted his 1%, 1% ownership of the company that he was promised, and he wanted some back pay. Mm. Well, Mike, Flo Rida this week was awarded 82 million dollars yeah yeah not a bad payout what flow rider a nice 82 million dollar settlement settlement um now really one of the reasons that i brought this up mike one of my best one of the best parts of the trial was when they had to like verify that celsius have been using some of flow rider's music in some of their most popular endorsements. Uh, and they played the music while Flo Rida was on the stand. And Flo Rida just starts bobbing his head along with his music, mouthing the lyrics as they're going through the songs. And I was like, that's pretty awesome. I was like, I like to imagine myself in the same spot, Mike. Like, we start doing those goofy ads like, you know, the radio shows that all of a yeah. sudden just just <laughs> say an ad in the middle of a segment, and you're like, what the f- is that? Did they just... I want to imagine that we did some of those for Celsius, and they didn't pay us, and then they had <laughs> me go up on the stand, and they play segments of my of our show, and I'm just sitting there like, yeah, 
Can everybody agree? This is the greatest <laughs> show you've ever heard? This is amazing or what? Is everybody in here entertained? Yes. Yes. But, you know, if you get paid $82 million, Mike, who gets you know? Yeah. I mean, for pretty, sure. It's pretty amazing. Pretty, <laughs> yeah, it is. Pretty fantastic. Mike, uh, the Cumberland Police Department recently said in a news release that it had received information from a young informant that they had evidence of a cookie they suspected was eaten by Santa Claus Word. on December 25th. Mm -hmm. mm. Yep. The young informant sent evidence of this cookie to the department and said they wanted it tested for DNA to ensure that Santa Claus had indeed taken a bite of this cookie. Doctor, let me guess, they zoomed in on the DNA and it's just like little crystals, like little ice crystals and candy canes. And ice. <laughs> ice. Chief Matthew J. Benson said they will do their very best to provide an answer to this young informant and said they passed the cookie to the state of Rhode Island's Department of Health Forensic Science uh, Unit for analysis. Huh? Hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mike, I would suggest people in Cumberland may want to commit some crimes because apparently the police don't have much going on there. Like, really? Come on, guys. Like, you could have just sent, like, some kind of little half-hearted letter to this girl and been like, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll check it out. Totally. Like, and she she knows. She knows. Look, look, look at look at Santa. You think Santa's leaving a half-eaten cookie? Look at me. I'm not leaving a half-eaten cookie, and that's me. I'm not this guy's road tested. He's been out there for hours. He's old. He's he's not he's not a quitter, people. No way. He's not gonna eat he half a cookie things. and then been like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna no. 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 All mm -hmm. you're finding if if Santa Claus has been there is crumbs. Mm -hmm. Get out of here with this evident DNA evidence. Grow up, lady. What are you, eight? Yeah, you are. Anyways. <laughs> so anyways, we'll be back with an answer to that. Uh, yes, very <laughs> important. <laughs> if they actually do that, I think we need to shut down their department over there somehow. <laughs> Mike, uh, interesting job posting for Netflix. Netflix, apparently they need flight attendants for their private jets. Mm. And on the Netflix website, they say the flight attendant will operate out of San Jose International Airport, fly on a G550 super midsize jet, and they will need to be based in Northern California and embrace the Netflix culture of freedom and responsibility. In addition, they'll need to be able to assist procuring aircraft stock before trips and need to be able to carry... 30-pound bags. <laughs> steep. Steep. Now, this is where it gets interesting, though, Mike. Their compensation is listed as 60000 to $385,000 a year. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest, like, what kind of shady sh 
expecting this flight attendant <laughs> to perform or cover up if that's the range. Like, and why is it such a range, too? Why does it go from 60,000? Like, there's a potential for... Is there a potential that this person can, like, pull so much overtime that it's going to be seven times their base salary? Mm. Like... What's the deal with that, Mike? Yeah, I don't that know is... about that. I don't know. Yeah, it does seem like there's something you need to do extra for that 300k. Is uh, we're gonna but... do? We're gonna have weird <laughs> Netflix orgy parties <laughs> in the sky, and you're gonna need to clean up after those. I mean, Ew. it did, Mike. If we go back, it did say embrace the Netflix culture of freedom. Yeah, it's a sketch. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Mike. But I mean, you putting your name in for three hundred eighty-five thousand? I would, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Old, like, get to be on a private jet, get to hang out with about... Netflix execs. Pitch, here's some pitches for some new ideas, <laughs> some new crime shows. Mike's gonna get thrown off as the the <laughs> flight attendant when he comes in. He's just like, hey, the, you know, I was thinking maybe a. Netflix special? Sweet. Uh, he's in my card. And just, uh, I've got a couple of videos of me doing stand-up. Here you go. There you go. And just, uh, I'll be right back with your drinks, everybody. Just, uh, just mull those over. Anyways, I'll be back. Very interesting thing. I just, uh, yeah, I had, I had to let you know. I had to let you know. It was bizarre. Doc G, <laughs> random side gig I used to do. I used to create memes for stars. TV. Memes for stars. Yeah, TV. I used to make memes for their social media. Nice. Back in the yeah. the height of, of memes time, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, it was actually not too long ago, actually. It was, it was like a last year. Last week ago. ago. <laughs> it was last week. Oh man, stars. I've never stars. I've never actually had stars. Never had that streaming service, you know? Yeah, never draw got some weird never draw me in i'm always more yeah. on like h like if i'm gonna go one of those it's hbo max you know yeah it's hbo anyways mike we're wasting time we need to hit it <laughs> we're gonna go to a break we will be right back with none other than jeremy and dom better known as big g right here on doc g show Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are super excited to have two amazing artists, Dom and Jeremy, better known as Big Gigantic. Fellas, how's it going? Good, man. How you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. I, I, I got a feeling you guys got to gotta be doing good, too. You've got the Brighter Future Tour, Volume 2, starting here in February. Uh, you're going to be in St. Petersburg and Orlando uh, and 
uh, Jacksonville. It's 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 all you, you got a several stops here in Florida, uh, and a quick trip around the country. It's a, it's a month. You got the southeast, mm-hmm. you got the Midwest, and then you go west. It's it's crazy. But how excited are you for the new tour? We're pumped, man. Very much. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a good one. Well, now, quick question. Uh, since you guys met Shaq back this summer, I saw that that picture on the old gram there. Mm-hmm. Did you did you work out? Is Shaq coming on this tour? Are you going to get Shaq <laughs> out there? I wish. Uh, yeah, he's, he's busy doing a TNT broadcast. Uh, so he's not going to be able to make it um, on this tour, but hopefully an upcoming tour. That would be great. <laughs> it never, it never ceases to amaze me how he looks near normal people. Like just, you I, know, know. I mean, it's crazy. You guys came up to like the middle of his chest, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and like, his hand, his yeah, so, yeah. His hands on Jeremy's shoulder, and it just looks like it, like it, I mean, it's it's like two times the size of Jeremy's head. It's crazy. Yeah, just, yeah. Not, not like a five year old or something like that. He's just. He's awesome too. He's such a nice dude. He's, Super nice guy. He seems. Have you guys watched the documentary? Have you uh, caught that there on uh, HBO? I haven't yet. I haven't yet. Uh, I don't think the whole thing's out. I caught the first like okay. episode, mm-hmm. and I think they're okay. releasing it. You know, per like week or something like that. But the first episode was really good. You know. Right. Uh, and I mean, you know, just super impressive dude as far as just his, his career and everything. And then, you know, everything that he's done. So, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember when he came, you know, into the, into the league and stuff like that too. You know, I mean, I was, I've been a big fan of his for a while and it was really cool meeting him because yeah, he is a really nice guy. He's like, Oh, I know all about you guys. Uh, you know, big up, you know, we, well, he, he's a, he's a pretty big supporter of the bass music scene. Yeah. Um, so, and then also he has done songs with Tyler, uh, who's Nightmare, who we have a group with, you know, a side project yeah. as well. So I think, you know, kind of through, you know, a bunch of different, um, you know, avenues he's heard of us, but he was really sweet and was like, Oh, I know all about you guys. Yeah. Let's take a pick. Come on. Like, oh, so he, it was, it was a treat to get to meet him for sure. It's always very cool to know that somebody like that is into your mm-hmm. music and digs your music that's got to be awesome absolutely that's wild he's like a true goat like he's an actual goat it's crazy well, i mean you forget like the the crazy thing i mean you know his music is cool the the acting is cool but you just forget as far as basketball how yeah. dominant that dude was i i was a hater when he first came in the league because i'm I'm a Michael Jordan lover. The oh. folks on the on the radio can't see it right now, but I've got, of course, yeah. another Michael Jordan shirt on because that's pretty much all I wear. Um, nice. But like, you know, when he came in the league, I was like, "No, he's no Jordan. <laughs> he's no J-. like, you yeah. know." And that was just basically always my response for anything. But like, mm-hmm. you go back and you watch like the actual videos of him playing, and it's just just dominance no just one, pure dominance no one had ever seen like that kind of like power yeah you know no one had came but that sort of like physicality in the league ever you know no one was like that big and uh that fast you know, that agile that like yeah i mean just and that's the crazy part it's like nobody's really done it since that's the thing is there's not, i mean granted the the league has changed completely but like it's yeah. uh, su- super cool dude but 
Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll write it down. Next tour, Shaq is coming with you guys. There we go. Diesel. Got that. Diesel. Gigantic tour. But I, I've never experienced it before. I've, I, 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 I've got a feeling that it's got to be a smack in the face when you guys, you know, you're home in your bubble, working on home things, doing music, doing that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden you switch overnight to like every night going to a different show, coming to a different part of the country. That's It's got to be a 180, right, Jeremy? Like it's got to be a switch. Definitely, man. I mean, that's, that's kind of what we grew up doing is just playing shows and being on tour um, nonstop. And, but definitely as we're like, you know, Big G's been around for like 14 years now. So it's, we're kind of in the routine of like doing doing the home thing and then going on the road and getting that like we kind of put do it in chunks like that where we're out and we're touring and you know it's night after night um but it it's an adjustment for a minute but it's it's just so much fun like just playing so much and getting to see a ton of different friends different fans um you know, the experience of like the show and kind of how it grows throughout the tour too, as we're like tweaking things here and there. Um, I love it, man. I I love being on the road. I'm stoked to get back out there. I I got a feeling it's got to be a little bit different, uh, for you, Dom, especially, I mean, from the, from the 2010 days, I mean, you, you got a kid now, got a family going yep. so a little, little yep. bit a yep. little different preparation process than it used to be Def, definitely um definitely a different dynamic now um yeah i mean <clears throat> yeah it's, <laughs> tough. it's tough that's all i gotta say you know he's like he's about to be four um so you know it's tough it's at the same time it's what i've always done you know or at least since you know, I don't know, since does, I got out of college. Does you know, he get been, it? Um, he doesn't quite get it yet. I mean, um, you know, the, the beauty of it is, is um, you know, we're lucky enough to be to have been doing this long enough and have an incredible fan base uh, of supporters so that, um, you know, we don't have to go like out for three months 200 right? shows you know, and we year, don't have to, yeah yeah you know we don't have to do that kind of thing and we still have a ton of support from our fans so you know we have the tour built up to, to where i can go home every week i'm so i'm going i come home every single week so i'm gone five days but i'm i'm home two days nice so he sees me so we did that's what we did the first that's what we did our first tour was uh july the first one that i did like bus tour and out for yeah. an extended time so um it was cool i mean you know it's it, anytime you leave it's, it's hard but um but it's cool you know it's it's what i do and and um you know so i just mentally kind of prepare for it but you know of course it's you know it's, it's i get a little sad sometimes but um you know i have a great we have a great tour crew and family and um, our fans are amazing so it definitely helps to make it feel um, you know, it feel cool. And, you know, my, my wife and, 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 and my son are, you know, su- super supportive of what I do. And, and, uh, so it, it can, it's really the best it could be. That's for sure. Well, now you got this great technology sort of like this, that definitely, if that was 15 years ago, you wouldn't be able to do FaceTime with him or anything like that. So yep, that's, that's, got, that's definitely gotta help. Different. Yep. Exactly. Uh, well, well, Don, when you graduated grad school, like before you started playing with Motet, 
-hmm. I just sort of think, you know, I think where you guys now are, what you've accomplished with Big G, everything that you've done, and I sort of think of this guy graduating, playing saxophone, doing small jazz gigs, and I sort of wonder, did you ever think... Like, I mean, you know, obviously 20-something-year-olds dream big, but did you, were you ever going, yeah, yeah I'll be playing my saxophone in front of thousands of people with, you know, bass no. and lasers going everywhere? No, not a chance, man, especially right out of school. I mean, right out of school, the first, uh, you know, couple few years was real, real tough, real, real tough because, you know, just trying to make it in New York City is not easy. You know, there's, a you know, the 1% of the saxophonists and you know or five percent or whatever it is you know are playing and making making a living off of it so it was real tough and i was you know really getting more digging myself more into a hole and more into a hole and it was really getting harder to see a way out of it but luckily um i did find the motet and um and got that gig going because that really helped me um kind of see a way a way to you know out or in a new direction to where i could kind of start working my way out and, but even at the, even at that point when i was you know it's funny because i got off the plane uh you know to colorado for my first time did a couple rehearsals and jumped on this like airport van shuttle thing and like hit the hit the you know for two straight months hit the road you know and i uh, that was like i was like oh this is what touring is or whatever you know so um that was that was a whole wild experience in itself and um but definitely got me a taste of what else is out there and um and but never never would i imagine you know even even when me and jeremy started this thing never did we even think or imagine well, that I, it was gonna be what? what it is now this is uh this is just crazy to to, to think that we're at the level that we're at now and able to do what we're doing and playing the, you know, we've played Coachella three times, Lollapalooza two times, every major festival, you know, in the, you know, in the United States. Yeah. I mean, and still have, you know, and then the pandemic hit and, and now, and now we're back and we still have this incredible fan base. And we're still touring and putting out music. I mean, it's, uh, it's a blessing uh, to say the least, yeah, that's, that's for sure. So, so I, I sort of wonder that I was just telling the listeners, uh, after the first week, you know, we take two weeks, uh, break there right at the new year, every year for the show. And in my head, I just sort of get worried that no one's going to come back and listen. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to come back for the first show and there's going to be zero listeners and be like, ah, they gave up. Now, was that? Did you have that in the back of your head with the pandemic that you were like, okay, we're gonna have a show, nobody's gonna come? Nah, they oh, stopped definitely, listening. Man, definitely. I mean, the, yeah. I mean, it got to such a long time without playing and doing the live streams and whatnot. Like, is what's even gonna happen? It's yeah. It's that was a wild, crazy time. For sure, for sure. Well, going back to that beginning, Jeremy, when when you guys started, you were sort of you were working as as a drum tech, many things there with the Motet, doing doing a lot of different stuff. And I heard you guys, you know, you, you started jamming out together because Dom was living with you. Um, yeah. Now, when those house gigs, when you guys just started jamming on tunes that Dom was making, did you think at that time like? Oh man, this is something special. Or was it just fun music making at that point? Yeah, it, I mean, it definitely felt special for sure. 
and it and it felt like um, you know we were in my basement in in South Boulder in our basement, and just like he was working on stuff constantly. So it'd be like, oh, I got this new idea. Let's like put it on whatever little speaker I had like in the in the basement. And it was your little bass amp, I think. You had like that little tiny. Little oh bass yeah, amp. yeah. <laughs> It was that like was your, it was, what's his name? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, what's his name? Kyle's face Kyle Ursary. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, you know, that's what it was. It was like, do we have the right cable to plug the computer into the base amp to play this, you know, through here? And, and it was just fun because it felt like we were just doing something kind of like it was an experiment, you yeah. know? Um, felt like mad scientists a little bit and definitely, we were just like, oh, maybe somebody will come out to the show. Like, our friends will like this. Yeah. Um, at the time, I, you know, was working with the Motet. I was kind of Dave Watts' drum tech, you know, on a, on a couple tours and sold merch at the same time I was doing that. Um, and But then playing gigs in, in Boulder and Denver. And, and we were all just playing at random bars and, like, begging our friends to come out. Like, you got to, you know there's a happy hour, like come and get cheap drinks and like see us play jazz in the corner of this restaurant. Um, <laughs> so, so through, you know, doing that and having friends, we were like, Oh yeah, people will, we think people will dig this, like our homies in Boulder. And it just, it, yeah, it just kind of went from there and, and well, I mean, had some great opportunities. I heard you guys in, in an interview before you, you said that first show, like, it like sold out. Like there was, it was, it was full. Yeah. How did? Yeah, it sold out. I mean, how ran, does that happen? It was probably 150 people or something like that. But yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> but still, I mean, you know, like you were just saying, you know, to get people to come to, to begging people to come to the jazz, and then you're like, hey, by the way, we got this new thing. Come check it this, out. This like time, this was a golden. This was a golden age in in this music and everything. I mean, this is like. So there's this club, like none of this stuff is going on. STS nine is like the, the absolute cutting edge of this world. Mm -hmm. You know, jam band music is we're in Boulder. Yeah. You know, string cheese is like at a height of their career. I mean, jam bands and, and all that stuff is like the thing. Yeah. You know, Sound Tribe is people are like, I don't know, like it's a little like is would be like screaming dubstep today or yeah. something you know be like, i don't know i mean it's kind of cool but i'll go check it out or whatever and um there's this tiny club um that's that's in the back of a restaurant mm -hmm. that three girls who are like in the scene own and you know they, it fits like 100 is it 100 people 80 people i don't 80, even know yeah it's like 80 it probably 80. had 100 and something because they would pack people in They'd there pack it out. they would have like a dj night on thursdays but like Bonobos playing there, the Glitch Mobs playing there, mm. Pretty Lights play there, uh, probably Bass Max play there. I don't even know. All these artists um, are doing these little shows there, and and so we're going to seeing these people, mm -hmm. and uh, and we're like, you know, okay, like we're gonna do our like spin on the on on what's happening, you know, yeah. what the whole thing like right now. And they're all like after parties for like a lot of them are after parties for the soundtrack shows, the STS Nine shows because. STS9 is doing three nights at the Boulder Theater and all this kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. this is, we're just the guys going to the shows being like, this is the biggest thing, you know, ever. Yeah. That we've ever even 
seen or been, you know, it's fresh, it's new. It's like these guys, everyone's talking about it. And so, you know, that's where it started for us, you know, is, yeah. is that kind of thing. And, you know, so well, had- uh, it was just such a golden age of, of, of getting to witness as being a part of it too, but getting to witness it all happen and seeing it all happen is such an exciting new thing. It was really special just to be, even to be a part of it. Yeah. But now I heard you, you, you got a computer, you, you got your computer off of one of the, the members of the motet now, like, and I sort of wondered because I, I didn't see when I was, when I was reading that interview, like, had you done a lot of like music making as far as like, computer producing sort of before no, that i didn't even have a computer i didn't even know how to use a computer that was his first computer wow that was my first computer so not like i didn't even know like what a hot key i didn't know how to get my i didn't i wasn't like saving things that i was making because i didn't realize you had to like save it <laughs> <laughs> so i would like lose all this stuff and oh man i i didn't understand like you there was a location where you save it fully and you, you want to put all your stuff yeah. there it was just like I was just, I was learning how to use a computer at the same time I was learning how to make music on my computer. I had done a lot of writing yeah. and stuff for school, but not um, writing on a computer. So I was learning Ableton and the computer program, but then also just the trials and tribulations of just figuring out how to use a computer properly, which I know sounds like absolutely insane to anyone that's listening today. But back then when I had no idea what the, you could go uh, without yeah. a computer and i mean especially when you're a music major you don't you know it's not yeah no you had to learn a different instrument it was a very complicated yeah. instrument but that's that's crazy that you like i mean I, I guess the music background really gave it a fast once you actually got down the programming of ableton and sort of how to do it then it just became a super fun thing to use right yeah yeah because it was like um because before what i was doing is writing you know writing stuff on the piano writing out charts and then getting a band together and and like you know playing it with a band and then going back and revising stuff so this was cool because and was cool to me because i wanted i loved writing so it was cool to be able to write get it all perfect how i wanted it to sound and then like put it out versus you know, relying on other people to play it and write, you know, make it and do the yeah. whole thing. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, since since the beginning, it's like you said, since the beginning of Big Gigantic, it, it's it was new to to everybody, but it was it was unique in that scene, and everybody sort of calls you guys very unique in the fact that you were using live instruments, you know, and you you had the saxophone and the stage presence was was different than everybody else's. I get the feeling you guys didn't do that on purpose. It was just because that was like sort of you. Like, did you guys ever talk about like, hey, we're going to do this. It's going to be sort of different than the things we're seeing out there on the, you know, the other concerts we see. Or was it just like, hey, this is fun. I, I feel like it was a little bit of both. I mean, we obviously had, were playing our instruments. Like that's what we were doing in other bands. And that's like all we knew how to do at the time. And Dom was learning how to you know produce music and it definitely it definitely was kind of by design too because we wanted to like be able to you know have the music that he was making like have the tracks 
but also be able to imp- improvise over it, which it seemed like nobody was actually doing that mm-hmm. at the time. There were no like, there were no like solos. Like no one was like taking a solo. And back then it was like, really, he was, Dom could solo for 10 minutes if he wanted to. And then he would, while he's playing the last note, like trigger the next section of the song. And that was pretty like free form, free form. Yeah. Um, and we were just kind of figuring it out and like tighten things up and, and, you know, over the years, but it, it definitely was kind of, it was like, it was a mix of both for sure. We like had a, a plan, but it was also an experiment. Like, is this going to work? This might work. <laughs> working. It's crazy. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it, was, it was exciting for sure. Like without a doubt is awesome. Well, along with that sort of a mixture of both at the start, you guys, I mean, you, you still seem, you seem very independent as a band. I mean, as far as just in the in the sense of the way you guys put music out there, the way you guys, I mean, you, you've obviously got folks that work with you that help you manage and, and, and get gigs and everything like that now, which was very different than at the start, too. But you've still kept a lot of things independent. I mean, you look at eight albums release and Bright Future 2 independent release. So do you guys strive to be independent you know or, or like is it just yes, what makes yes the most no. sense yeah yes yes and no i mean uh, i think it's there's several factors i mean timing being one of them i mean if and and the way that the way that we came up as a band i think for some acts and um for some artists it makes more sense to be on a label and not be independent you know depending if they're just depending on you know if they don't have a following yet mm-hmm. and they're and stuff like that i mean we had a following we were doing these gigs and selling out the shows before we even had music out we didn't even have any music out and that was a time when that was okay you could do that you can't really do that now you know yeah. what i mean like we had we did the two we did like two tours and had two albums out or something or or we did, we did or did two shows and and some touring before we even had an album out mm-hmm. you know we put we put music out for the sake of we have we have fans um we're playing shows we should probably put some music out yeah. kind of a thing you know um so um just and and then for us yeah you know we've done it independently and and i love and i know jeremy does too we love to do it independently and we've tried um kind of go we tried with one album to go a little bit more label based and it really didn't like it didn't affect anything it was nothing was different mm-hmm. you know it was almost like we were um we were like we had to we have su- we have such a great team that we had to like show these people how to do how to do it you know what i mean kind of a thing so yeah. it, did, it didn't really you know it didn't really make sense for us because we were already so yeah. established in our process and and um our fan base and different things like that so um when we did this um our last two releases the leisure season and the um brighter future two um we just went back to doing it ourselves because yeah. it just made more sense and, uh, you know, you have to work with a distribution company mm-hmm. um, anyway. So we, you know, so we got with a, a distribution company and, and just kind of back doing it ourselves. But it's great. It's it's so much more fun. And, you know, there's just less there's just less l- like people you have to reach out to. There's like less emails, you know what I mean? Because it's all oh, yeah. just like, you know, so. 100 percent. Well, I mean, you, you guys 
doing it independently, you, you, you've got, I mean, one of the cool things is, I mean, you've got your music licensed so many places. I mean, you look at all the, like, it'll just turn up, you'll be watching a show, and all of a sudden, boom, there's there's Big G. And you're like, oh, huh, yeah. huh. The Bachelor didn't, didn't see that coming. Okay, like, you yeah. know, like, I mean, you know, movie trailers, The Bachelor, the NBA, which is so cool. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, and obviously, I mean, you know, the money aspect's awesome uh, for all those licensing opportunities. But, like, how is, is it still a wild thing for you guys to, like, hear your song, like, with an NBA game and go, what? Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there there was definitely a, a golden era for that. Uh, whenever that was, I don't know, 6, 15, 16, something like that. It was really... It was like everything that was on TV had something going on. Definitely not quite the same anymore, but it is fun to get surprised and and, um, and see that kind of stuff coming. You know, the the ABC sports, yeah, whatever football. When people tag us and that stuff, it's fun to see that. Yeah, I, I get I get excited whenever one of my guest songs play. I'm like, hey. Hey, I've talked to those guys on the show before. That's their song right there. Nice. So I can only imagine if I actually did something creatively to make that song. That'd be nice. Um, yeah. But uh, so so along with like, you know, the licensing, you guys, I think one of the coolest things, and I think a lot of your your fans, obviously, it's sort of the the Mecca return uh, every, every year is Rowdy Town uh, at, at Red Rocks. Such an epic show. Such an epic venue. I mean, you know, when I when I talk to artists, it's usually one of the top ones. It's usually one of the things that, they, you know, I go, where would you want to play this year? And they're like, if I could play anywhere, Red Rocks would be, that'd be, that'd probably be it. So, like, you guys play there every year. It's your, like, it's your venue, essentially, for it. Like, how, how, I, how, did, how did you come into that? How did that happen uh, for Rowdy Town 1? Jeremy, we got lucky, man. I don't, I don't even know. You know, that's that's always that's always been the dream place to play. <clears throat> like, especially living in Colorado and being a band from here, it's like, man, you know, maybe one day. I mean, when we started, we used to talk about how if we could just sell out the Fox Theater in Boulder, yeah, which is like six hundred something people, then we've made it. That's that was the height, you know. And Red Rocks just seemed like, oh yeah, that's for like it's like an arena you know what i mean it's massive so we the dream the dream was definitely you know started small and then we were like wait a minute this could actually be a reality like we we it might be time we can play red rocks and you know our manager um and our agents and like we we had support of like you know promoters um locally and it and it it just like it it happened and it was just it, the first rowdy town was just so mind-blowing and and so much fun to be able to play that venue and just like i could just quit you know right then and be happy the rest of my life just remembering that um, and the, it, so, was, yeah, it wasn't like a guaranteed thing like uh, uh we're coming back for it that first one was like this is this is a huge concert we're putting it on and then it turned into like hey we could do this again yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the goal is like, okay, we're building this thing, especially with with Rowdy Town. We wanted it to be, uh, you know, we were hoping it would be a yearly thing. You obviously don't know mm-hmm. um, how it's going to go, um, but in theory, there weren't a ton of bands doing 
Red Rocks at the time either. Now it's kind of like, yeah, it's just every, everybody plays there. You know, there's 200 shows a year or whatever they do. And back then it was like under a hundred, I think. Mm. Um, so there weren't that many nights to play. It was mostly, you know, Sound Tribe did like two nights, which was massive and, and the string cheeses and people like that um, in the, in kind of the jam band world. But mm -hmm. Uh, Pretty Lights had just started doing it like the year before. Um, so it was huge. And then having the lineup that we did with Macklemore, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis and Dylan Francis and Grizz was on that. Um, and then our homie, homie Raw Russ, this dude Burke from, who's from Virginia. But uh, yeah, it was just a crazy lineup. Well, I mean, you look at that first year lineup, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, that literally, I had to check because I went back and I, I, you know, I was watching a video with it and I was like, that's like literally right before his album came out. And it is, it's, oh. it's like three weeks or two it weeks before came. it came out. Yeah, it might, or it might have, yeah, something like that. Or he had, he had singles out. He definitely yeah. had. Yeah, he had singles out, yeah. We knew he was, we were like, uh, we knew he was like gonna pop, and so we were like, okay. And he had done a show in Colorado earlier that year, or something like that. So, um, you know, and and some of our stuff, you know, is kind of more on the hip hop side, and so we wanted to kind of bring that element into into the show and all that. So, I mean, that had to be wild looking after that first rowdy town, and then I mean, because that I went back to, I forgot had seven Grammy nominations for that album for the heist. And he yeah. had like two singles that went to number one, two that were in the top 10 outside of that. Like yeah, I, was... he exploded. He exploded. I remember I, uh, I like, I just wanted to thank him for like coming out or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I like rolled up to his green room, which mm -hmm. was like, you know, in the whole other side of the building and stuff. Cause mm -hmm. he had like a big, crew and they were like all like partying in there and it was like all and i like tick, 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 back, <laughs> to, like over the thing and i was like hey guys uh just want to say thanks uh, i was like you know i was like <laughs> you know like i was like oh hey thanks for coming was, yeah no problem all right see you later that like, had a good time in rowdy town he took advantage and see he, he, yeah he did what you were supposed to do um, yeah, he's, he puts on a great show. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it's it's wild. I actually we had a um, so we had a, a band that's like more much closer to sort of like you were talking jam band and much more like acoustic sort of. Uh, I I wouldn't even call them jam band. I just call them sort of straight on like Americana folk like uh, string band. That their their name's Morningsiders and they're from uh, they're from uh, New York. And they uh, they they all met at Columbia uh, in college, and they actually they won this like sort of competition deal. And at right around the same time, they opened for Macklemore. Like it was, I think it was that same fall that they opened for Macklemore. And they were like, it was the weirdest thing. We came in and we were playing like our little americana yeah. tunes and then all of a sudden he comes out there and he's jumping all over the stage and making everybody go crazy and we're like yeah that's a that's a u-turn but your guys you know rowdy town makes a lot more sense it, it's got a lot sure. that matches a lot more especially with that album yeah. uh with the the heist album but i mean going that many that many uh years with it do you have any uh particular 
favorite memories? Like, I mean, you guys have done so many things with it. The 3Ds, the images displayed on the rocks, like all the different stuff. Do you have any, like, favorite things that you can remember? All of it, man. The the projection on the rocks was definitely, like, um, was a big one for sure because at the time nobody had done that yeah and just getting like just the logistics around like getting these massive projectors to where you could like position it and mapping the rocks and doing all that was like a massive undertaking oh Um, and we got to do it a few years and then they built these weird spot towers in you know for spotlights to shoot down on the stage Mm -hmm. and that was like where we used to put the projectors Mm. and it messed it messed everything up. Like we couldn't really do it because they needed a crane to bring the projector. It was this whole like drama. So after we had done it a few times, we um, had to retire it. We had to retire. It, yeah. And, and so that was cool. You know, honestly, like I would say like either the first year or like the first year obviously is incredible because it's your first time doing it, you know? And so the energy there is just like, it's like you're driving a thousand miles an hour, you know? Um, but even just like the, just this last year, you know, because like the projection mapping, I couldn't really like see it because there's like lights in my face the whole time. The 3d, I can't see it because I'm not facing the wall and I don't have 3d glasses on. You know what I mean? So like last year and, and the first year too, but like the last year was so great because it was like, there wasn't anything it was just like us and like our thing and doing our stuff and there wasn't any like frills or any you know it was just like us doing our thing and we crushed it and um you know there was fire i love the fire i can feel the fire you know what i mean feel the heat Uh, yeah yeah feel the heat um so really like yeah i like i like love just like doing you know no um you know special things just get to be you guys just play yeah you know i I love that i love that nice nice well now after the the tour that we talked about you guys after the month of february you're coming back you've got a you've got a show with the colorado symphony which is like a, Mm -hmm. a brand new thing too completely never done before and it seems such like an awesome idea you know reminds me way back in the day the old uh uh, Metallica S and M album when they reached out, you know, San Francisco uh, Symphony. Did was it your guys' idea, but or was it theirs? Because it seems like they do a sort of a pretty good amount of these things. I saw Rizza's coming to do something with them here in a little little bit. Yeah, they they definitely do some stuff, but we've been trying to kind of we've been talking about it for years. It just never worked out. We're like, oh, maybe have them at Red Rocks, and it just um it it just worked out this year and we were able to do it um at the symphony hall which makes it a lot easier on them as well um so uh it's gonna be sweet it's nice. gonna be super sweet well now yeah, it's, uh, now being normally that you guys actually have you can rock out yourselves how's mm-hmm. it gonna be with the conductor is that you think you're gonna be able to handle having a conductor Oh yeah, yeah. It's all gonna be like they have a whole way. You know, they they do like symphony with like movies. And mm-hmm. To like movies, they do the live or- orchestral stuff, and they have a whole system um, that we just kind of like, um, you know, kind of tap them into ours. So we kind of combine our systems, and um, oh yeah, it's all gonna be like it's all gonna be perfect. Yeah. Yep. Now, have you all guys already smooth. you already got to like practice, or is that gonna be after that you get in? No. No, we'll practice the day before. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so 
that'll be wild. But yeah, I should start hearing some of the arrangements pretty soon and um, kind of get an idea. But I, I can sort of imagine what it's going to, what it, you know, how yeah. it's all kind of going to go down. But yeah, it's just going to be, um, you know, a lot of just everyone performing the stuff you know and all a lot of special guests singing and you know me playing a lot of parts and jeremy and we are gonna have a bass player and a guitar player and all of you know all of us just like playing a bunch of the stuff um a lot of the elements of the songs will still be in you know in the track like in part of the backing track it'll be some backing track stuff um definitely more minimal um not as like full but um the symphony is going to fill out a lot of that space and um and then, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be special. It's gonna be a special one. Well, now, now I know you guys have worked in the past with uh, a former guest of our show. There, uh, Jen Hartswick uh, is is. Oh yeah. Could she potentially be a, a a guest singer, or gotta wait oh, and yeah. see? She's gonna be there for sure. Oh, okay. Yep. All right, I like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's singing on all her stuff all the stuff that she's on fantastic sure. that that is all yeah. such a such a i mean and and trumpet player insane trumpet player my yeah. god yeah. that's it's, yeah. she uh, that's awesome that she's coming yeah yeah she'll be there we got a ton of people coming out it's it's gonna be it's gonna be like some of the most special gigs we've we've ever done i think awesome yeah. awesome well sure, yeah. before we go dom i saw on the post with Shaq. That you said you are a big basketball guy. Yeah. Are you a Denver Nuggets guy, I'm guessing? Well, you know, I grew up a Lakers fan. Um, I grew up in Vegas and we didn't we didn't really have we didn't really have a you know team, obviously. Right. Um, but my best friend was a Lakers Raiders fan. So I sort of adopted the Lakers Raiders um, fandom from him. Uh, so I've been a Lakers fan, uh, you know, through the highs, through the highs and the lows. Um, some still, of both still of those. Fan. Yeah, still, yeah, we're still, still, uh, still going through some of those. <laughs> and uh, but also Nuggets fan. Um, you know, Nuggets are playing real good. But I'm a big, I'm, you know, I played basketball in high school too. So I'm like a big, nice. I'm a big basketball guy, and I love ball. Man. I don't play uh, really these days, but I mean, I watch basketball every basically every night jeremy while, while i'm working on stuff i like to have some some game on oh for sure league pass you gotta have it yeah league pass i got it yeah it's it's in it's in sacramento number three right now who the that coming that's in, insane i know they're they're playing good they're playing good for sure it's insane jeremy are you are you a a, a basketball fan I'm definitely not not as much as Dom, but for sure have gotten into it kind of through him a little bit, and then just over the years. Oh, um, living in Colorado, we we both got season tickets last year to the Nuggets, and nice. It, that was super fun. And then we didn't do it this year, and like of course there's just whooping, yeah. whooping, and it's so They're great playing. Yeah. Such a, such a great game of basketball this year, the Nuggets. I love. They're just passing. I mean, it's just like it's like when I look at the Lakers, I'm like, no one passes the ball. It's just yeah, like isolation. They just like LeBron. You know, LeBron tries to score. Russ tries to score, and then someone catches their rebound yeah. and gets puts puts it back in. You know, it's like it's so. It's like why doesn't anyone? No one passes the ball, and then you watch the Nuggets, and you're like, look at this. They're just pass. It's pass, beautiful. Pass, 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 pass. And, and it, yeah, it's so beautiful to watch. I love it, and so I'm happy. I'm happy for the Nuggets. I hope 
hope they take go all the way this year. Yeah, Jokic is. Uh, I mean, he makes it look too easy. It makes it look like he's not yeah. trying. Honestly, he's crazy. He's crazy. But. Uh, we are up against a break, guys. I, Dom, Jeremy, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to, to come and talk to us today. Absolutely. It was great talking to you. For sure. Looking for sh- forward to Jacksonville. It's going to be a really fun show. I think tickets yeah, are getting pretty low. So Uh-oh. Um, if you haven't gotten them yet, tell tell all the people to hurry up and um, go out and get those tickets ASAP. Yes. Yes, you, you can check them out uh, on the 2nd in Jacksonville, the 3rd in Tampa, 4th in Orlando. You can follow them on social media at Big Gigantic, or you can check them out and get those tickets at www.biggigantic.net. Right now, let's take a listen sure. to Open Your Mind right here on the Woo. Doc G Show.
back here on the Doc G Show. Big G on the Doc G Show. Yes. Yes, Mike. Jeremy and Dom. Such nice guys, man. Nice fellas. Such a, I mean, good, blazing their own path, you know? Yeah. The, the, for sure. the, the, the EDM world, the, the electronic world, and they were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to play drums and have a saxophone in our music. Yeah. And we're going to do it live. And everybody else is going to be like, what? And then eventually, after a couple of years, they're going to be like, should have done that. Mm-hmm. And they did that. It's crazy. It's yeah. Crazy. I'd like to just see Dom go banana sandwich on a on a saxophone. Like I mean, I know he does like in in yeah. concerts like have solos, but just just him. Just him, a spotlight and just tickle <laughs> tickling that tickling that saxophone, you know? Yeah. For I'd sure. like to see that happen. Same sort of deal with Jeremy. I'd like to see it happen. You know, him just go banana sandwich on the drums one or two times. I've seen a couple of solos. They're pretty. They're pretty impressive. You know? They're fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, solos are amazing to watch. They're super. Yeah. Fun. Uh, but thanks to Big Gigantic, they're fantastic guys. You need to check them out. Three different opportunities to see them in Florida. One being right here in Jacksonville, so you need to go check them out. You also need to stream their tunes. They're just good times. Other than that, Mike, we need to move on to the biggest, fastest growing segment in the world. Doc G Top 3. That is true, Mike. And listeners, uh, if you don't remember, I'll go ahead and refresh you. We were looking up this week's top three uh, topic, top three Tom Hanks movies. There are a lot of them out there, listeners. Oh, yeah. You know, but I, for this one, since it's sort of like, well, like, I, I was torn. I was like, should I do any honorable mentions? Because I feel like I could do a lot of honorable mentions, you know? Because oh, yeah. he's Tom Hanks. So I wasn't sure. Yes! So since, like, I felt like pretty much every movie of his i would do a tom uh, i would do an honorable mention i just didn't do any so i don't have any honorable mentions do you have any honorable mentions mike i do but i feel like we should save them for after uh we do our top three okay okay we yeah might uh that works that works number one do do your number three mike what is your number three Number three is going to be Castaway. Easy. Mm. Easy. Mm. Castaway almost was number two, but Castaway. Amazing. Amazing it is. film. It is. Yeah. I, it, it concerns me. I would I would fall apart immediately if I was in that situation, Mike. It would take For two sure. minutes on that, that island, and I would be gone. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd be talking to Wilson, but I would not have prepared anything. There'd be no food. There'd be no shelter. <laughs> yeah. It'd just be me and him chatting in, in, <laughs> insanely. That's it. Uh, but very good movie. You know, you feel sad at the end. Like the whole, I mean, like you feel happy, but his whole life moved on, you know, and he goes mm-hmm. and his wife's been married and you're just like, oh, well, you moved on fast, you turd. Like, you know, just like, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a lot, man. It's a heavy movie, but it's also a really good movie, you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it Uh, is. My number three, Mike, we've talked about it before, actually, on this show. Catch me if you can. Catch me if you can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can't deny it, Mike. You got Leo in it. You got Tom in it. It's a It's a thriller. 
you, you're, you're amazed by what Leo's doing. You know the persistence. And, like, you, you feel Tom almost being Tom in that movie. Like, that feels like he's actually, like, himself in that movie. That's one of those that you're like, this is sort of Tom. Because he's like, yeah, hey. it is. Like, because you know, he <laughs> yeah. he realizes that that Leo's character is like lonely and sad, and he's just trying to reach out to him sometimes, and he starts getting, you know, he starts getting scared at the end, but he's still being just sort of like a father figure, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh oh, it's good. It's my number three, Mike. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's a Num- great movie. Number two for you, Mike. Number two for me is going to be Toy Story. Mm. Um, yeah, because I think, uh, you know, I think he killed it as Woody and um, that's, you know, childhood movie, lots of nostalgia. And then he did it, you know, two and three, Toy Story two and three. He like equally as yeah. good. And like, yeah. I don't know if like you call that acting or voice work with like what. Yeah. But he 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 did it. Well, don't I, I'm pretty sure. Don't they 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 do in that like mannerisms and movements that follow whoever's doing the voices or at least i thought yeah. they did on some of those movies maybe they didn't on toy story i don't know i don't know he is sort of floppy as uh as woody you know it's not like yeah he's, he is so like i don't i don't know if that was him being floppy <laughs> in real life or not uh i'm going i'm going old school for my number uh two mike my number two big yeah big. that was a good one you know, I mean, it like, come on. It's just everybody's dream. Uh, I mean, you know, and then 13 going on 30 just ripped it off because that's basically all <laughs> it was. I mean, it's this, it's the same idea, you know? I mean, you all of a sudden, you turn into an adult. You make money. You're working at a toy company. You get to mm-hmm. party in an awesome apartment that has a yes. real-size uh. basketball goal and a trampoline in there. One of the best New York City apartments in movies. Yeah. (laughs) A hot lady wants to hang out with you constantly. Like, come on. It's an amazing movie. You get to do your little dancey do on the piano. It's nice. Oh, it's such a... Chopsticks. Yeah, such a kid (laughs) dream, man. Such a kid dream. Anyways, you're number one, Mike. Wait, was that New York City or was that... Uh, it was New York City, right? I think I'm it was New York. almost positive it was not. It yeah. wasn't Chicago. I don't want to. You want to say Philadelphia? You know. No, it was not Philadelphia. Point. It was not okay. Philadelphia. What's your number uh, one, Mike? Number one, Doc G. I feel like it might be your number one, maybe not, but Forrest Gump. You just can't beat Forrest Gump. Like that's uh, that movie. Ten out of ten. Yes, yes, I agree, Mike. I just checked yeah. real quick just for our, uh, you know, uh, peace of mind. New York. It was New York. Yeah. Um, but yes, yes, Mike. My number one. I will not hide it. It is Forrest Gump. Like, <laughs> you can't. Like, you can't it's, beat that movie. I mean, listeners, there's just it's so much to take away from 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 Forrest Gump. There's just so much. Uh, I think the main thing to take away from Forrest Gump is that a kid with learning disabilities with uh, in uh, mental disabilities with physical disabilities turned out to be way, way better than you ever will be in life. <laughs> yeah. That's the main takeaway <laughs> from Forrest Gump. And um, True. it's uh, it's a, it's an amazing movie, you know? Yeah, I also sort of have to hate Jenny a little bit every time I watch oh, yeah. it. You know? You're just like, come on, Jenny. That's a fact. Come on, Jenny. Get your You're taking advantage of this dude. 
all he wants to do is love you and you're taking advantage of him you know and then yeah yeah and you feel it's just it's you feel so many emotions in the movie mike Mm -hmm. you feel so many emotions my favorite part of the movie uh well one of my favorite parts of the movie but definitely one of them where he talks about uh investing in apple with lieutenant dan and he says one day lieutenant dan said we ain't gotta worry about money no more i said that's good one less thing (laughs) and i just always whenever somebody tells me anything about money i'm like well that's good one last thing that's a fact i love that line it's my favorite line of the movie mike love it so Uh, not gonna lie they talked about investing in apple in that movie macintosh yeah wow that movie like even if you had invested in apple when that movie came out oh yeah you'd be doing really well oh yeah they were just well it had some it definitely had some upward trajectory of course Um, wow but you know i mean i forgot about that part at that point in time too you know uh it would have been pretty good as well uh, but that yeah. was, you do think about it, that was all the way back in 94, so it definitely did have <laughs> yeah. some, I mean, they should have just, should have just listened to Forrest at that point in time, you know, yeah, should have, right. should have made me some, uh, uh, smiley face t-shirts as well. But, uh, anyways, Mike, uh, honorable mentions, what do you got? Yeah, uh, he killed it in Elvis. I loved, mm. uh, his, his, um, his acting in Elvis, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, his like Pinocchio. I thought he did mm-hmm. great in Pinocchio. You're going, you're going recent. Yeah, and then to throw it back a little bit, Green Mile. I mean, yeah, I, you can't beat Stephen King writing, but like, man, Tom Hanks did great in Green Mile as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think I know. I know. I said I wasn't going to put any, but since they're after, I feel like I can say a couple. You know. Yeah. Um, Charlie Wilson's War. Don't know if you ever watched that one. No, I don't think I ever watched that one. Charlie's Wilson. Charlie Wilson's War has multiple folks that are fantastic because it also has Julia Roberts and it also mm. has um um. Girl, come on. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, and it's just the the whole movie is just amazing. It's just and it's you know it's basically I mean it is based on a real story. It's based on the true Charlie Wilson. Um and uh, uh who is a congressman and uh it's uh yeah it's it's a solid one man just so well mm. written so well acted with all those folks in it it's 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 definitely one that i put up there real high there's a couple others that i was thinking about putting up there like i do like him in field of dream or in a in a league of our own really like him in that movie you know that was yeah, a was solid a one movie. yeah um you've got mail that was pretty solid. I don't know if I can put it as a <laughs> yeah. as I could put it as a, a honorable mention, but it's still pretty good, you know. So forgot about. I that mean, it was, it was it was tough, man. Tom Hanks, listeners. I don't want to turn this into just a film review, but I had another idea for a film one. So next week we're doing another film top three. The next okay. uh, next week's top three top three high school movies. Say what? Top three. High school movie. So the premise okay. of the movie has to be based on life in high school. Hmm. Tons of them out there. You got 90s versions of that. You got 2000s versions of that. You got tons of 80s versions of that. You got some 70s versions of that. Think of what yours are. Got it. I know my number one. So true. I can tell you my number one without hesitation, but the okay. other ones... 
there's some guessing on on two and three. I got to go through the got to go through the notes. Now, I have Mike, no idea. I have no idea for this one. Oh wow! Not okay, nothing. All right. Nothing. Wow. Um, okay. Wow. Okay. I noticed that, by the way. The Jennifer Cooley and the uh, uh, Owen Wilson wows are basically the same wow. 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 Yeah, wow. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, uh, Mike, we got two birthday suits left. Uh, this one, probably not going to get. We're going to fall back to 50%, I think. That's all right. But we'll, we'll give it a shot. I think you'll get the second one. If you don't, it's going to be one of those embarrassing ones. Uh, <laughs> so on on uh, um, global politics. Okay. So uh, here we go. First one, born on January 25th, 1938 in Los Angeles, California. Our birthday suit wearer was uh, a singer. She started out singing at the St. Paul Baptist Church at the young age of five. At the age of 14, she met the artist jo Johnny Otis, and with his help, our birthday suit wearer signed a record deal and started singing. She opened for Little Richard in 1955. In 1960, she signed with Chess Records. She released My Dearest Darling in 1960, which uh, peaked at number five. Later that year, she released her debut album, At Last. That's the song title and the, the uh, album title, At Last. Uh, amazingly, in the same year she released her second album, The Second Time Around. In 1963, she had a major hit with Pushover. In 1967, she released two of her most famous songs, Tell Mama and I'd Rather Go Blind. She continued to perform throughout the 70s and the 80s. In 2001, she was inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame. In 2003, re she received a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Sadly, our birthday suit wearer passed away in 2012. Name that birthday suit wearer. Side note, Mike. She was played by uh, Beyonce in the movie uh, Cadillac Records. Diana Name Ross. That birth no. no. <laughs> Sorry. No. 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 <laughs> Total guess. Good gu uh, yeah, well, well, I was about to say good guess, but, you know, really. it was a female <laughs> It was a female singer yeah. that was in R&B. Uh, Etta James. Etta James. Etta James. Uh, you know what? I was going to say her name, but I could not think of it. I have a couple Etta James songs that are in my Spotify playlist that are uns. Uh, well, they're in the old playlist that were almost unskippable. Yeah, okay. almost unskippables. I Etta James. Oh, I wish I would have said. Oh, come on, man! Uh, Four for eight, Mike. You were close. You could have. Uh, you could have been batting over over fifty. Etta James. It's all right. It's all right. All I right. think you can get this one. I think this one should be. Yeah, we'll see, Doc G. You know how it goes. <laughs> You know how it goes. Born on January 25th, 1978, in what was then the Ukrainian Soviet Social Re Socialist Republic. Hmm. Our birthday suit wearer's father was a computer scientist. Our birthday suit wearer's mother was an engineer. When our birthday suit wearer was 17, he entered a comedy competition and eventually won. For five years, he toured with a comedy group that toured around the former Soviet countries. In 2008, he started in his first feature film, uh, Love in the Big City. Then in 2011, he starred in the movie Our Time. In 2014, he recorded the voice of Paddington Bear and the Ukrainian-dubbed version <laughs> of Paddington. In 2015, he became the star of a show titled Servant of the People, 
where he played the role of the president of Ukraine. In the series, our uh, birthday suit wearer's character was a high school history teacher in his 30s who won the presidential election after a viral video showed him ranting against the uh, government corruption in Ukraine. Then in 2019, he actually ran for president of Ukraine and won. Since 2019, he has led this country through a pandemic and a war with Russia. Name that birthday suit wearer. Zelensky. You got his last name. First and name. I like. Uh, yeah. I'm counting it. That's the main okay. thing is the last Perfect. name. Main thing is the last name. Vladimir Zelensky. Vladimir Zelensky. Yes. Nicely done, Mike. I'll count it five for nine. Five for nine. He's turning 45. 45 for Zelensky. Full-out comedian, Mike. Full-out comedian yeah. actor before he became uh, before he became president. It's but he inspiring. takes that he takes that role serious, man. Yeah, like, he does. I mean, it's not some goofy old hey, this is a joke. No, it was serious from the get-go. Like yeah. he was real deal into it, man. Yeah, he's in the and trenches. I I know I, this is like I'm pointing this out because it's probably true. But that dude looks like he hasn't slept in a year and a half. That's a fact. Like, you see some videos of that dude right now? Whoo. Yeah. Whew, he looks fatigued. He hasn't slept much in a year and a half. It looks I like sure he's, he's button. Yeah. I can tell you if I was him, I I, I have one Ugh. one millionth of the troubles that he does, and I still can't sleep as good as he yeah. probably does. Like, good Lord, that guy. Yeah. Like, I mean... You know, you got old Putin breathing down your neck. You mm. got people all around. You're moving around your country. Everything's unstable. You're having to give speeches to the whole country. Woo! You had to fly over here in secrecy, give a whole speech to the the the, the joint session of Congress. Like, ah, man. Yeah, he's making it happen, though. It's a lot. Seems like it's a, uh, it's a lot, you know. He's yeah. getting it done, though. He is getting yeah. it done. Hats off to Zelensky. Happy birthday, turning 45. Uh, Etta James uh, would have turned 95. Would have been 95, yes. And then, of course, lastly, happy to happy birthday to Alicia Keys. Mike, we have more amazing guests on the way. My goodness, they're still coming. That's right. The hit's still coming. That's right. Dave Mason. A rock and roll Hall of Famer, Mike. I, you know, I knew this, but it was one of those things that I needed to be reminded of. Did you know this, Mike? Hmm. The uh, Jimi Hendrix song "All Along the Watchtower." Yeah. Dave Mason played on it. Really? Yeah. Wow, I thought that yeah. was Jimmy solo. It was. Well, I, I mean, you know, the guitar, the electric guitar, was his work. Dave okay. Mason played the acoustic twelve-string guitar on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Wild, awesome. man. We got him on the show. That's Can't incredible. Can't wait to talk to him. Can't wait to talk to him. We also got Marty Stewart, Hall of Famer as well, Country Music Hall of Fame, so many Grammys. He's played with so many popular people. It's crazy. Yes! We've got Hotel Fiction. We've got, uh, just, I mean, just a load. I don't even have time to say all of them. It's 2023, Mike, and we are living it to the fullest. Pies yeah, and all. Pies and all. pies and all. Woo! Woo! Mike, so I can't pumped. wait until next week, but until then, we've got to wrap it up. 
I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the guy that's got that AA. He's got that AA. Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Seven-year degree. Thank you so much, Doc G. I appreciate you. Always a Boom. pleasure. Boom. Love it. Of course. And until next week, guys, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it to do dog.